This podcast is brought to you by JC Licht. With a heritage of 115 years of making it happen, JC Licht is your one-stop shop to turn your house into your dream home, delivering the ultimate decorating experience with the world's highest quality paints from Benjamin Moore, Pharaoh and Ball, and fine paints of Europe, just to name a few. Bring new life to your home with custom home decor, wallpaper, window treatments, and more all under one roof. Visit one of JC Licht's 19 design centers, which features the largest selection of wallpaper, paint, and decor throughout the Chicagoland area. JC Licht, where designers go to make it happen. Welcome everyone to Design District, an interior design podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, with the River North Design District, Chicago's ultimate destination for interior design. And today we're at Roca Tile's beautiful showroom in downtown Chicago. And we're talking about everything wall surfaces, trends, textures, materials, everything. Our special guests today are Cristina Dordas, National Commercial Sales Manager at Roca USA, Jenny Bishop, Principal and Founder of Interior Design Firm Studio Guild, and Zach Pruitt, Design Channel Manager of JC Legged Home. Welcome, everyone. So why don't we kind of jump right in and um, let our listeners know a little bit about you and what you do and your expertise. So why don't we go around the, uh, the room and start off with you, Cristina. First of all, thank you for being here in our showroom. We are happy to host. Uh, My name is Cristina. I'm originally from Catalonia, from northeast of Spain. Um, And I lead the A&D commercial projects for Roca Tile USA. Um, We are a tile manufacturing company from Spain. We have factories in Spain, Brazil, and Mexico. And here in US, we have uh, quite a lot of uh, warehousing facilities, so we are able to approach projects in a fast uh, way, uh, short lead time. That's awesome. Catalonia, mm-hmm. beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And uh, Zach, welcome back. Thank tell, you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, JC Licht. Yeah, so uh, my background is interior design. Um, I did color consulting um, for a British paint company for about six years before coming over to JC Licht. I came to them in 2017. Um, and currently with them, I am running our new design showroom up in Glencoe and then working within the design community to, you know, interact with designers, let them know that we're a resource for them as well. That's awesome. Well, glad to have you back. Excited to talk and, uh, pick your brain again. And, uh, Jenny, tell us a little bit about you. Um, I'm Jenny, uh, one of the three founders and principals of Studio Guild Design Firm, Um, I'm in Chicago, not in Catalonia, um, or not from Catalonia. Um, my, I have partners in, um, Los Angeles here in Chicago, and we also have offices in New York. Um, we do primarily, uh, residential interior design. Um, we've been together 10 years, which is amazing. It's gone really quickly, actually. Um, and before that, I was on my own for a little while. And before that, I started my career in Chicago with Caraman. So um, it's been an adventure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Chicago and Catalonia are both amazing. Very so similar. I'm just, very you know, similar. Very, very similar. Almost sister cities, right? Um, no, I'm so excited to have you all on the podcast and pick your brain and get to, you know, uh, know a little bit more about your expertise and I kind of want to start things out very very broad and open-ended 
Um, and so why don't we go around the room and, and maybe just talk a little bit about like what you think are some of the 2023s, 2024s trends in wall surfaces, like what's up and coming, what's hot, what are people looking at, designers, architects, um, what do you think is sort of the, the up and coming? So when we start, start off with you, Jenny. <laughs> um, well, I'm not a trend forecaster, or I would be uh, much wealthier than I am, and maybe not <laughs> yeah. sitting here. Um, I, I don't know what the trends are to come. I was just talking about this recently. Um, I say I don't follow trends and I don't pay attention uh -huh. to them, but that is 100% a lie. I like to <laughs> think I don't succumb to them, but we all do. Right. Um, so I can't speak to what's coming. Um, I just think since COVID and, and a lot in 2023, I feel like we're all kind of awakening mm -hmm. in 2023. We're back to normal for the most part. Right. Um, and it kind of feels like um, a renaissance in a way. I haven't lived really lived through one, but I guess post um, 08, 09 was the only one in yeah. my work life. Um, and it just feels like people want more. Okay. Um, and they want different and interesting, as okay. unique as possible. Um, you know, short of everything being completely custom and yeah. one-off, which not everyone can afford or, you know, ha has the time to invest in. Um, so I just feel like, um, you know, I've been, I've been walking around today specifically mentally thinking about all of my recent projects and um, so many of them just have so many different layers. Mm -hmm. And unless it's my um, specific client that I'm thinking about that I've done a few projects for in New York and Denver, who has an incredible art um, collection that he really curates, mm -hmm. um, nobody wants plain drywall. Yeah. So it's tile, it's slab, it's wallpaper. If, it's, if it isn't um, slab or tile or wallpaper, and they don't want um, just drywall, it's a specialty paint finish or right. Venetian plaster. So I guess the theme right now is more yeah. and layered yeah. and interesting. But I don't know what's coming in terms of the next fluted wall or right. what's the next tile or I would invent it. Yeah. Do you think like <laughs> maximalism is having a big moment right now? I do, but again, Again, even if it's not everyone is into sure. that. And I don't know that even my firm would be pegged a maximalist. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interest and texture. And unless you're in, you know, the most remarkable, beautifully designed architectural space, um, it's layers of interest. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I would 100% agree with all of the layering. We have people come in where they want different wallpapers in different rooms. We're going to do a grass cloth here. We're going to do a mule here. We're going to do a wood veneer here, mm -hmm. Venetian plaster in the entryway. It's they're mixing yes. everything and then just building upon it. And, or if it's paint, it's to your point, something different. It's a high gloss. It is a matte, you know, lime wash or something like that. It's not your normal eggshell that you're putting on the wall. Yeah. And do you feel like you have, people coming in and like 
because you said mixing, matching, like, do you feel like sometimes it's just like really out there? And you're just like, what is, we have, I mean, some that really get out there. Yeah. We had um, a client come in a few weeks ago and was looking, you know, through all the wallpaper books and the way they have them laid out, it'll be like one paper, but it'll show 12 different colorways of right. that particular paper. And they were like, could I just order a roll of each and like stripe <laughs> the room? And it was like, you could, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you could, you could do a patchwork quilt. Um, so it's, yeah, we do yeah. get some that are kind of yeah. out there. And what about you, Christina? Like, what I was thinking is that what, uh, what Jenny was saying, that at the end, we don't want to follow trends, but we are bombarded by trends. Right. Especially like social media. Yeah. I feel that now everyone, like the final client, like someone that maybe was not interested in design, has a lot of exposure to design through yeah. social media, Instagram, Pinterest. Right. And they come to you with a lot of ideas, sometimes too many ideas that makes it difficult for you to like narrow it down to something that makes sense design-wise because they have a lot of information in front of right. them. And they like a lot of different things. And I think that it's good, but it's also like difficult for a designer at the end like to go to a concept and a design that everyone feels comfortable because they can be like with kind of self-doubting if they want something yeah. or if they want to go in a different direction. And I think that we are definitely like exposed to a lot, a lot of trends right. and a lot of information and images. Right, right now. yeah. And do you feel like, I look around your showroom and you have like beautiful tile options. Do you feel like you've been doing more tile in interesting places, interesting rooms, like large slabs in living rooms or primary bedrooms or, you know, like large tile patches? Like what, what have you been doing that's kind of out of the norm? In Definitely. I think that that's something that when someone comes here looking for like a special applications or something different, we are the happiest, no? Because at the end you want to see your product installed in, in very different, innovative applications. Right. I think that here, maybe in US, it's a little bit more conservative in terms of applications. In Europe or South America, you see tile everywhere, like in many, many applications, like in furniture, tabletops, um, all around. Like you go to a restaurant and you have tile everywhere, not only on the wall or on the floor. And I think that here in US, it's a little bit more like conservative, but it's coming. I think that like now, yeah. like people, as I was saying, it's exposed to more design. And I start like I'm starting seeing a lot of this here um, in, in US as well. In terms of like applications or something very unique, I'm thinking about a project here in Chicago. Uh-huh that they came to us it was like years ago like six seven years ago that three-dimensional tiles were not so popular okay and they wanted a three-dimensional tile a small format for the ceiling and at that moment we didn't manufacture anything like this but we said okay you want this let's see what we have um and before um we were part of the of a bigger group plumbing mm -hmm. and we had factories <clears throat> that were um manufacturing soap um, holders. Okay. So basically they showed me the picture that they wanted to implement. I said like, we don't have a three-dimensional tile, but we have this that we can custom for you in this factory. It's not a wall tile. It has a completely different application, but you have a way to hold it and hang it on the ceiling yeah. if you want to go this direction. 
And basically, if you go to the Aqua Building, the restaurant, oh, okay. all the ceiling has this. That it's oh, not a tile; it's a so, it's a soap holder that it's yeah. hanging on the on the ceiling. It's massive. It's the whole ceiling and also on the wall. Yeah. So that's something that at the beginning we said like, no, we don't have it. Yeah. But we ended up offering a solution, which is something that I always like to to tell customers like maybe I don't have it right now, but let me think what I can do for you and and find the right product for your project. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really cool. And Jenny, like, do you find that your clients are kind of a little bit more adventurous and wanting to do like interesting, whether it's tile work or wall coverings or? Um, yes, but I also think um, it's happening to me too at the same time. So I'm pushing it more. Yeah. Um, and why do you think that is? middle. Maybe a midlife crisis. I'm, I'm not sure. I won't. I'm not going to tell you how this old I am. This is turning into a therapy session, basically. Is that not? It's a group what therapy. This was supposed to be group therapy. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm always looking for. Yeah. Um, we are doing tons of three dimensional tile. The weirdest shapes we can get our hands on. Um, I think the other day I pinned. Um, it was either frogs or turtles that fit really? together as. It, they are tiles for a tile wall, and I'm just waiting for the right person yeah. who will let me do that. And I actually think um, just thinking about three-dimensional tiles and taking a soap holder and turning that into a tile, which I can't, I'm going to have to go over and see what that looks like. Um, I have a friend who uh, is part of the 21C Hotel Group um, management team, and probably seven or eight years ago, I was in uh, the first 21C hotel, which I think is Louisville, um, Kentucky. And they had very strange tile, not turtles, but weird in, in the shower. And it, it just like, it blew me away. Yeah. And it made me then start seeking out really weird things that I couldn't quite get my clients to do. But um, I would experiment and use them for myself in small ways. Yeah. And I think with the adventurousness and we are in the Midwest and it takes us a little bit longer. And maybe that's why I'm not a trend forecaster because I'm from the Midwest. Um, I'm a very good trend follower, <laughs> recreator. Um, I feel like people are being more adventurous here. I mean, I, ha I, I the majority of my clients are yeah. still in in the Midwest, but I do feel like people are looking for interest and, um, you know, things to entertain themselves yeah. and their friends and be different, not sure. weird, not for, you know, just for the sake of being just weird, unique. but just unique yeah. bespoke solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that like across, like whether it's residential or commercial, like it's kind of I stay away from commercial design. I mm -hmm. obviously go to restaurants and stay in hotels, but I do not participate okay. in that um, area of design because I never have. And I just keep telling myself at this stage, you, I can't learn new tricks, but um, I feel like it starts in commercial settings sure. in hospitality and trickles down. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that has helped yeah. Chicago specifically in the Midwest be a little bit more daring. Yeah. Absolutely. And Zach, like you were, you mentioned earlier about like grass cloth and organic materials. Like, have you seen more people come in and ask for, you know, for options and just different solutions in terms of like organic materials for wall? Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of 
questions, things that are either organic or, you know, lead certified, green, what are those, those products? Um, you know, grass cloth is always a really timeless mm -hmm. option and they're doing a lot of cool things with it, cutting it, interlaying it with metallics and that right. sort of thing. Um, but there's a lot of these vendors and, and manufacturers that are starting to use like newspapers and recycled saris oh, that's and like really making some beautiful, it's not wall cover, it's artwork. Like right. you don't need the art on the wall because you have something that looks like a Chanel suit jacket or, yeah. you know, the recycled newspapers, mother of pearl, glass beads. There's, yeah, you know, it's, it's coming into endless options of unique things. Yeah. And that's interesting. Like when it comes to, when you think about wall treatments as artwork, to me, that's really interesting because I feel like it's, it just takes on a whole different perspective, right? Whether it's from a sculptural application mm -hmm. or even just something as like patterns and texture. Like, have y'all had any clients or projects where it really pushes the boundaries of creativity? Like, we're all stunned. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had a client. Um, during COVID, which was um, obviously an interesting time, but um, it, it kind of saddled the start of COVID. So we got started, knew that the client had great taste, lots of resources. Um, you know, that presents its own set of challenges, like they know everything. Yeah. Um, and they research to the nth degree, which then you have to beat them at that game. Yep, right. Um, but that was a project, and we actually worked with DSpace um, Architects in Chica from Chicago. Um, and that was an example of a house that honestly does not have much white drywall. Sorry, if there is drywall, it is white yeah. to be pristine. But um, they presented challenges um, just of the amount of ideas that came to the table and the amount of great ideas. And it was... That's cool. Like Christina said, filtering through those to make sure we weren't going crazy. Yeah. Um, but the, they, you know, I've been thinking about their walls a lot today in preparation for this. Um, they had a really interesting um, brick on the exterior that came inside in a few places. Oh, that's cool. Um, Shoshugiban planked walls. Wow. Um, brass scale tiles from clay, which were a feat to install. Yeah, I bet. They were each individually yeah. placed. Um, amazing wallpaper in a few different places. And it just was a, a exercise in editing yeah. and, you know, reservation and pulling back, which, you know, usually we're trying to push the client and say, come on, let's do something fun and different and, and take a risk. And this was a, a, a lesson in restraint. Yeah. Which sometimes I think is harder. Yeah. It sounds like it. That's what I'm getting. Like I, I always go back to maximalism because I, I don't know, like for me, my point of view is I feel like maximalism is having a moment these past two years. Like people clearly spent time at home over the pandemic. They got to look at their plain white walls and they're just like, how can we make this cool and interesting? Right? So I'm just curious, like, um, what about for you, Christina? Like, have you, have you seen some like really interesting, very over the top creative application for wall treatments? 
I'm, what I'm seeing more and more related with what you say of maximalism, it's a lot of high graphic marbles, for example. Sure. That now we also have um, a lot of like porcelains where we recreate mm -hmm. these high graphic marbles. And that's related a lot with this maximalism that you are mentioning, which is something that it's not for everyone because not everyone likes this like busyness or a, right. like, like a marble that has a lot of veining. Other people prefer something more simple. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm seeing this trend, if you want to call it this way now, because of this um, social media yeah. more than anything. But I think that there is like projects of all kind. There are projects where they want to go very simple, minimalistic, mm -hmm. um, where you want to go with a solid tile, simple old tile, and then you add the design with something else. Or other projects where the tile is the star of the right. project. And then definitely like you try like different patterns, more handmade looks, for example, more textures. Playing especially, what makes it very different, I think, at the end, is the installation pattern that you use. Right. Because you can be using a tile that it's solid, simple, like mm -hmm. Subway, but if you are creating a very interesting pattern, playing with different colors, it creates an amazing space. And right. so like this very simple product, but just with the creativity of the designer using these different patterns make it completely different right. and that's something that i love seeing in projects because i don't think I'm, I'm i don't think that i'm a person that is very creative but i enjoy seeing the creativity the creativity of others and when i see what they do with our ties like man that's like so beautiful <laughs> yeah. like i couldn't think about like this specific installation pattern for example right. or playing with these colors and, and and it looks amazing and have you seen interesting uses of subway because i feel like subway tile is kind of like pretty safe you know but are we talking subway tile that is subway tile that is white ceramic not that's know, literally the first thing that comes that, to my that's mind that's what everybody thinks of <laughs> yeah. and if we're talking about subway tile in terms of a rectangle tile uh -huh. that can come in any color or it has a little bit of a handmade feel, mm -hmm. different texture, different thickness, different edge treatment, then we can use subway tile f for the rest of our lives. If mm -hmm. we're talking sure. about white ceramic glazed yeah. rectified tile, I don't want to see that yeah. anywhere unless it's the entire mm -hmm. room or ceiling. Yeah. I did recently yeah. see, I, I want to say it was Amber Interiors that did an entire barrel vault ceiling in white glazed, oh, wow. you know, somewhat boring mm -hmm. ceramic tile, but it was beautiful yeah. in its application with all the other materials yeah. layered in. But to what Christina is saying about patterns, if we ever, you know, we have a lot of call for the secondary or tertiary bathrooms to be cheap, cheap and cheerful, right. air quotes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's just us entertaining ourselves to yeah. try and take those somewhat restrained, borderline boring materials and make them interesting. So it's playing with the layout and messing around with that, mashing up a few different colors, um, playing with the grout. I was about to say what? that, the grout. grout. The grout, um, you can custom color your grout I've if you think about it. I've seen ombre grout, which is beautiful. I have not. It's so I'll need beautiful. to see that and we'll talk yeah. after. But it's playing with custom grouts. And if you think about it two weeks or three weeks prior, you can have it custom colored. But usually right. we, no matter how many times we do this, we leave grout to the very end Last and then second. kind of scramble. But we're playing with the grout sizes mm -hmm. and right. doing big finger joints. Um, 
tile installers do not love us for that. <laughs> um, and I actually, now that I'm thinking about three-dimensional tile and funky grout joints, I did buy a um, basically a half marble, I'm sorry, a half golf ball marble tile. So just take a wall of golf balls and cut them in half, stick oh, them on wow. the wall in, in a beautiful white marble that was a dollar a square foot on sale because oh no one would buy it. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't, I have to have that because it's a yeah. dollar. And I did install it in my house, in my daughter's bathroom, but the tile installer hated, hated my guts it. Yeah. because it has deep grout joints in between and yeah. you just have to pay them well and apologize yeah. and smile. Yeah. I could see that. Apologize in advance. Yes. And just get it done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When we redid our first floor bathroom, it's under the stairs. Those are the best. It, the angles are great, yeah. but it was like, I have to do tile floor to ceiling. Like yeah. you just have to, to wrap it. And my husband, my father-in-law was a contractor, so he grew up helping with all of that stuff. And by the time we finished that project, he, he did not <laughs> like me very well. He wasn't I mean, your father-in-law <laughs> anymore? Yeah, well, my husband did it all. And he, oh, he yeah, did. he was... Oh, tiled but is he stairs. still your husband? He's still my husband. Okay, okay, um, that's it, all that matters. It didn't get that far. Okay. But he, he was not happy, but it looks great. To your point, the angles, how you use the tile makes a huge difference. Huge difference, yeah, absolutely. And Zach, have you all seen any... Um, like at JC, like, have y'all seen any interesting uses of wallpaper and primary baths? And, and first of all, like primary baths, humidity, I mean, like the, like yeah. everything is different there, right? So it, yeah, how do you combat that? It's completely different. It's really as if there's really good ventilation, that's, that's key, but also, you know, 99% of the time it's going to have to be a vinyl. Um, you know, the vinyl, it's the moisture can't really penetrate it. It maybe can at the, the seams over time, but it's sure. not like your traditional paper where right. over time it's going to break down and kind of seep through the yeah. paper. So you know, if anybody's talking about any type of bathroom, maybe except for outside a powder room, yeah. it's always vinyl. That's, yeah. um, and vinyl, I think for a while had a really bad rap. Like you think soup, like hospital hotel very hospitality and there definitely is that side of yeah. wall coverings um but it's come such a long way like you can get some yeah. really cool um vinyls that replicate grass cloth plaster yeah. um i think a lot of times wood. we look at them and don't even know until we turn them over and look like yeah. oh yeah this is this vinyl. vinyl this is washable this is wipeable mm -hmm. this right. is and we do same thing i know we're not here to talk about um well, fabrics on the wall we can talk about, but outdoor fabrics, yes, half the time, if it doesn't so say far. it, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and we do so much because of children, which are who are wonderful, and dogs and <laughs> yeah. cats. But a lot of times we don't know. Yeah. It's made such a, the research has come such a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Since you brought up fabrics, I've seen velvet on walls that just looks stunning and mm -hmm. moody and just like you just want to touch it. You should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And it also makes a room so amazing with the yeah. sound attenuation. Right. It just feels like you are in this solid, secure room. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. One of my favorites, it's Italian men's wool suiting that is paper backed and it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. I would I would assume that like that type of wall treatment is great for 
entertainment theater rooms, like places where it offices. really helps the acoustics. Yeah, yeah. offices. Yeah. For Zoom. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. When you're in there, you feel that it's like the, the sound, it's like, how to say that? That basically you need like to absorb right. something yes. to absorb the noise because it's too much. Yeah. I notice it especially in, in restaurants more than yeah. more than other places. And do you do you all have is there a specific tile that you think works better when it comes to sound um, acoustics than others? I think it's more the installation what you use uh, um, on the installation more mm-hmm. than the tile itself because at the end the tile it's like it's ceramic or or porcelain. Sure. So the, there's nothing you can change. It's not that you can make a tile like soundproof. No. Right. But it's more what you use on the backing for installation that Got can it. make it less like or better for in terms of sound noise yeah. or like that you have. So there's not specific stones that tend to perform better no. than others. Tiles no stone like I you don't know it, but I would say it's probably similar to tile. Right. It's Maybe more like that's what you the use. Next trend. Stone. That's Maybe that's the next trend. Yeah, stone on walls. Sound absorbing. Oh, tile. <laughs> yeah. Hard tiles that can go in the bathroom. We should do something on the back of the tile. Like definitely, yeah. That's a that's a good line of like research. Now so, we can retire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me think about like wall panels in bathrooms because wall panels I feel like tend to absorb sound better than other materials. But do they work in bathrooms? Is there a spe- special application? So, because you know, like, is there warping? Is there? I don't know. I don't either. Mm-mm. I haven't. I haven't done it. But if I had to fabric wrap a panel for a bathroom, it would be an outdoor. Yeah. Fabric. High performance. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe we'll try it at your house. I mean, yeah. I'm <laughs> super open to trying new okay. things. I. My place is a mishmash of everything. Um, I'm a That's huge the trend. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you, maximalism is, maximalism is in, and so are um, like high pattern wallpapers. I whether... think like that green millennial is what keeps coming to mind. Yeah. Like mixing all those busy patterns and layering it all together. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So we've talked about like interesting, creative, kind of avant garde things, but what are like the don'ts like what do you feel like are things that you either steer clear from or you just are like we should not do that we should not try that type of wall treatment wall treatment or application both um i have one that i'm going to change my mind on and i would have said um not to tile countertops okay because I feel like we rip them all out when we encounter them. Yeah. But that is one of the, um, I don't want to say weird because it's not weird Yeah. outside of where we are. And mm-hmm. Christina mentioned Europe being a yeah. little more adventurous with tile. Um, that might be a trend that's coming. Mm-hmm. I've seen it um, in a few international magazines where the entire kitchen island every square inch of it is tiled beautifully and colorful and it could have been all you know a very solid peach four by four boring tile if you just look at it by itself right but then you tiled this entire island and i'm i don't know the name of a company that makes all of these um curved tiles so that you can like 
We do it. We do it. You do? We have the trims. Yeah. You can put like basically okay, like all have, the corners. And I everything. should have done my research before <laughs> getting here. I apologize. But once you apply it that way and in a beautifully uh, designed kitchen, it's jaw dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's coming, but I'm I'm not sure. Sounds like that's know, a do, not a don't. Well, I'm just giving you an example, and I'll think of a don't of what I would have said. Yeah. Don't do. But I think I'm going to have to eat my words there. I think you're a, you're a trendsetter, basically. Yeah. No, well, maybe I'll steal them from Europe and bring them to the Midwest and try them first. I mean, I've definitely seen counter kitchen t- like tiles that are just like gorgeous, like blues and just like different colors. And I feel like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. That's totally a thing. When we moved into our house, it had a tile countertop. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. It was awful. And I painted it and like we lived with it for a little bit. But now I'm going through Pinterest and everything I'm there pinning is. Maybe it was just the wrong the, tile. And you'll could, do it in the right tile. Could be. Yeah. And it wasn't the right grout that didn't have the, the uh, durability. Grout exactly. And right. it wasn't durable. And, you know, I don't know. I think I think it'll be back once the yeah. Now that we know the function, yeah. I mean, the right application of grout you would not think is a big deal, but it's a huge deal. It's a Mm -hmm. huge deal. It's make it or break it for sure. And like I've said, I've seen like ombre color and grout, and it's gorgeous. Like in uh, primary bath, and it goes, you know, it matches the either the tile work, the color, or it's a juxtaposition of the color and how it moves. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Of course, it's in Pinterest. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's on Pinterest. Yeah. Which it happens. Sometimes you see stuff on Pinterest and it looks nice, but maybe right. like a render, something that you wouldn't yeah. do it in a real project because... Right. No one's brave not, enough. Or it's not good for that application. And have you, uh, Christina, seen any, like, or better yet, things that you're just like, that's not maybe the best application or maybe a don't, something that you would steer clear from? Mm, that's hard to say because at the end, when we, we always try to gather information on where the product is going to be, what's going to be the application, uh, if it's going to be like, for example, if it's outdoors, um, how is the weather? It's a weather that, like Chicago that it's going to be freezing right. or it's like in Florida that it's never going to freeze, no? Right. So for example, I would say like a clear example that we use daily. Uh, if someone wants to use a ceramic uh, tile outdoors, if you're in Miami, you're fine because like even if it absorbs a little bit of water, it's not gonna freeze, it's not gonna break the product. But I would never do it in Chicago because like with this weather, first winter that you have, boom, it's gonna break because it's yeah. gonna absorb water and break the product with uh, when it freezes, no? So I would say like that's that would be like an example of it, like don't, install ceramic mm-hmm. outdoors in a weather like Chicago. But right. for example, if you install porcelain, you're fine because it's almost impervious. So you're not going to have this issue. Right. And what are your thoughts about like mosaic tiling and primary bed, like bedrooms? Mosaics? That's a completely different world because like you have many different kinds of mosaics. Could be like a porcelain mosaic, sure. a stone mosaic, a recycled glass mosaic. Yeah. So there are many, many different applications but that's something for example that you were mentioning this ombre effect Mm -hmm. that's something that in mosaics it's very trendy yeah like have a wall with this ombre effect um, right which is very easy to to achieve with a mosaic sure that it would be like not possible with a large format tile unless it's a tile that has like a digital effect right on the top and you create this ombre 
on a big slab, which is something that we can do because at the end, like right. you can apply many different digital effects on a porcelain or a ceramic in a white surface, mm -hmm. but with a mosaic, it's easier. And that's something, yeah, it's kind of trendy, like this ombre effect or like use metallics uh, in mosaics as well. I've definitely seen more metallics on walls. A lot, yeah. A lot of metallics. That's another trend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you seen metallics, Zach? Like metallics and high gloss. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of. And yeah. I, I think that would be my kind of don't. Yeah. Is, okay. It's not that you can't do the high gloss or the metallic. It's more um, going back to that application. It's not like you can just buy that gallon of high gloss paint and, yeah. and paint your wall. It's very labor intensive to get that look that everybody loves. Um, so I would say that's kind of a, a don't for you to try on your own. Yeah. That is definitely <laughs> call the professionals, call the professionals yeah, that, that know how to do that. Um, Any kind of gloss finish, hire professionals. Yes. Like, Come, just people come to these professionals because that is one of those things where you can't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Actually, I need more professionals because even when we call the professionals, for example, um, Zach, you probably know Portola Paint in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. which um, I can't remember. They're two Roman clay and then another, but they're both Venetian plaster-like mm -hmm. uh, right. products. And to try and find a painter who will do Mm -hmm. This for us is nearly impossible. And yeah. I know if I watched the video and tried it a few times, I could do it. Mm -hmm. But everyone is so busy that they just look at something specialty. No way are they going to take the time to learn. And they just say, oh, no, we that's not something we do. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know they can. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. call the, who, which professionals are we going to call? <laughs> I need I mean, them. I was going to call y'all if I had called somebody, but that's I'll just find someone. me. <laughs> um, so kind of going in the opposite direction from gloss, what about like concretes or, you know, finishes where you have some of those like very natural, like brush concrete or stone or, you know, I mean, we have a wall in the showroom that is um, Venetian plaster. Mm -hmm. That is a gorgeous finish that can be left matte. You can burnish it so it's, you know, shiny. Um, we have a brick wall that's all painted out in like a lime wash. So you're getting the natural brick that still comes through. It's not like that painted finish. That is still a, um, a really nice matte finish, mm -hmm. but it's also something that can withstand you know, traffic and durability and that sort of thing. Yeah. Do y'all feel like lime wash had its moment or is it still having its moment? I think it's, I think still, it's still having, having a moment it. for yeah. sure. Ditto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ditto. Um, in terms of concrete, um, well, I, my office has a natural polished or acid washed concrete floor, which is, beautiful to some, I guess, but you have to accept that it's a very irregular, mm -hmm. non-controllable finish. And mm -hmm. there are some spots that are inky black with, you know, pits and grooves and um, imperfections. And then there are other places that are, you know, a light silver color. So I think you have to for sure educate your client. Um, but we, um, I would say interior, we would use um, an example is... Um, like Ann Sachs carries um, Andy Fleischman's 
stamped concrete tiles uh -huh. that are a little bit more refined, still casual, still yeah. can be, you know, specifically thinking about those I have installed two times in my um, career, one in a little bit more formal setting and one in a very casual setting. And they, you know, again, the, the grout what, that you choose mm -hmm. colors the face of the tile, yeah. which can be a nightmare, but can also be beautiful. Um, but we don't, I guess, just the, the style and the type of clients, we don't use a ton of concrete. Um, having said that, it just popped into my head that we took a basement slab, very ordinary looking, and um, we beyond buffed it, like gr ground off the top mm -hmm. layer and exposed the aggregate and then yeah. put a matte finish on it. And it was absolutely cool. beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that became like the kind of the most basic ordinary basement floor ever and then it became something really spectacular Super cool yeah but again you don't know what you're going to get yeah like mm -hmm. we could have ground it down and gotten something really right scary yeah, yeah. you dial it and that's yeah it. right christina do you all see a lot of um like do you get a lot of requests for concrete tiles or quite a lot yes yeah. it's one of the product categories that we have a lot of products mm -hmm. because it has been trendy for a while i notice now maybe stone looks i call them like kind of soft stone looks more organic looks mm -hmm. i think that now it's trendier than concrete concrete right. looks which concrete at the end it's it's safe let's call it this sure. way and it's always going to be there but i'm noticing now more stone looks being more popular but because i think that people it's like kind of going to more organic looks natural finishes mm -hmm. and for example like that's something that we are doing now more with tiles that it's not that the tile it's flat you touch it and you notice this natural texture right. because you try to recreate the natural beauty of what would be in a stone right and and i noticed this that it's now more like warm colors organic yeah handmades natural that recreates more like a a natural yeah the natural beauty i've definitely seen a lot more homes that bring in like organic natural elements from the outside mm -hmm. inward Mm -hmm. And and like, who knows? I, I don't know if that's a product of being stuck at home for two years, basically, and wanting the outdoors to be indoors. I mean, I don't know. But I think it's interesting because I do see more wall treatments and, you know, stone treatments, et cetera, that bring in more of that outdoors, right? Like, Totally, totally. And I think it's what you're saying. Uh, during COVID, people being at home a lot. Um, I think that now we are doing a lot of outdoor projects way more because people wants to be like, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, no, but that during COVID people was a lot at home in some countries. It was not possible like here in US that you were like yeah. on the streets and it was like easy to walk around. Like in, in Spain, for example, they were like for three months, not able like, or two, three months, not able to go on, for a walk. No, and And I noticed this a lot that there is this tendency of like, outdoor projects or bringing the outdoors indoors or transition from indoors to outdoors and and definitely that's something that now even ourselves we are developing more products for outdoors because we are seeing this interest on on having more outdoor applications yeah absolutely so i think i would love to leave our listeners with one last tip like one big tip from each of you so if we go around the room um, yeah, what's like your, 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 your one piece of advice? Can I give 
three pieces yeah, of advice three. wrapped Ab- into one. Absolutely. Um, well, I think it's more for clients working with designers or the designers who are obviously working with the clients. Um, I would say budget more for the walls. Yeah. Um, we often don't know where we're going to put said material, but I think um, just having a catch-all, you know, a, a fund for that is really important so we don't um, hit the clients hard later. Um, and I would say be bold, and I would say call the three of us. Absolutely. <laughs> call the professionals. Call the professionals. I love that. And what about you, Zach? Um, I think my big one playing off budget is also think about lead times. If you're wanting to yeah. do something that is a more specialty wall covering, um, yeah, a lot of them are going to have a lengthier lead time. We're talking 10, 12 plus weeks. So consider that. Yeah. Lead times are everything. Sometimes we want it like right now, but that's not how it happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And Christina, what about you? Well, here you won't have late time issues because we have everything in stock. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. Come to Roca. Uh, <laughs> I would say, um, similar to what Jenny said, like be bold. Um, yeah. And in terms of tile, I would say that if you are very creative, there are many different options, a lot of different textures, sizes, formats, colors. Right. So that's why I'm saying be bold because um, even with a very simple product, you can make a space amazing. Super unique. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Tiled counters, patterns, organic wall treatments, and of course, just call the professionals. They know what they're doing. Again, we want to thank our uh, guest today on the podcast, Christina Dordas, National Commercial Sales Manager at Roca USA, Jenny Bishop, Principal and Founder of Interior Design Firm Studio Guild, and Zach Pruitt, Design Channel Manager of JC Licked Home. Thank you all again for being on the podcast. And why don't we let our listeners know how they can keep up with you, check out your projects, all the really cool things that you're doing. Let's start with you, Jenny. Um, you can follow us on social. Uh, Instagram is Studio Guild. And you can also go to our website, studioguild.com. For JC Lick, you can check out our website at jclick.com. Social media is at JC Licked or stop into our showroom up in Glencoe. Awesome. And for Roca, you can follow us at Rocatile USA or our website, rocatileusa.com. And obviously, more than welcome to stop by in our showroom in Chicago in 215 West Illinois Street. Awesome. Thank you all again for being on the podcast. And this has been Design District. Design District is brought to you by JC Licht. With a heritage of 115 years of making it happen, JC Licht is your one-stop shop to turn your house into a dream home. Delivering the ultimate decorating experience with the world's highest quality paints from Benjamin Moore, Faro and Ball, and fine paints of Europe, just to name a few. Bring new life to your home with custom home decor, wallpaper, window treatments, and more, all under one roof. Visit one of JC Lick's 19 design centers, which features the largest selection of wallpaper, paint, and decor throughout the Chicagoland area. JC Licked, where designers go to make it happen.